this is Kara Foster from First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ in Madisonville, Kentucky, and you're listening to our sermons podcast. And if you want to find out more information, you can connect with us at www.madisonvilledisciples.org or come in person at 1030 College Drive on Madisonville, Kentucky. Subscribe and enjoy these podcasts. When our story picks up, Jesus is in the middle of teaching, and a group of Pharisees come up to him and tells him that he needs to get out of Dodge. They give him a word of advice, Herod wants you dead, you need to run. And this is how Jesus responds, and I invite you to read along with me. It's in Luke chapter 13, beginning in verse 31, and it's just four verses that I'm going to read this morning. It says, at that very hour, Pharisees came and said to him, get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. Jesus said to them, go and tell that fox for me. Listen, I'm casting out demons, performing cures today and tomorrow, and on the third day I finish my work. Yet today, tomorrow, and the next day I must be on my way, because it is impossible for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often I have desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. See, your house is left to you. I tell you, you will not see me until the time comes when you say, Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Get out of here, Jesus. Herod wants you dead. Jesus responds to this concern with, You go and tell that fox, Herod, that I've got things to do. I'll be curing the sick, casting out demons, and I'm not running. i got to admit, I like this Jesus, don't you? Sort of the... Clint Eastwood, Jesus, the make my day. If this is an action movie, this would be the start of his catchphrase. You tell that fox, Herod, I'm not running. He's not scared of Herod. He's got things to do. He's got ministry to take care of, and he's not going to run away to save his life. Jesus tells that fox that he is not scared of him, and he's not running. But let's admit There were plenty of things to be scared of Herod about. The Jewish Jewish historian Josephus wrote a lot about this period. We know a lot about what happened because of this Josephus who wrote about Herod quite a bit. Herod, the Roman governor. And Herod was ruthless. He killed three of his own sons for fear that they would push him out of power. He also made sure that some cousins and some uncles would not be attending the next year's family reunion by killing them too. He killed his favorite wife. Now, the man had nine other wives, but still he killed his favorite wife for fear of a plot to kill him. He also killed his mother-in-law while he was at it. Uh, Caesar Augustus as quoted as saying, I would rather be Herod's pig than his son. In other words, the pig had a better chance at a long and happy life than one of Herod's children. We know from the birth stories of Jesus 
that Herod was so threatened by the birth of a Jewish king that he tried to kill innocent firstborn sons. We know that he locked away John the Baptist and that he was killed. Jesus knows Herod, and Herod is a fox, and we all know what foxes can do. There is a reason why we have the expression a fox in a hen house. A fox will destroy your entire flock wreak havoc and fear in the life of your chickens. A fox loves to work at night under the cover of darkness, will sneak in and destroy. Jesus knew what he was doing when he called Herod a fox. He knows who he is, how he has ruled over the Jewish people with an iron fist, constantly causing fear out of God's holy city, Jerusalem, constantly scheming and plotting to take down any perceived threat to his power. Now, if you have ever had chickens, then you know how vulnerable these little creatures are. We have lost some chickens in a variety of ways. One particularly traumatic one was when I was in the backyard and a hawk swooped down and pulled up a chicken right in front of me, and I couldn't even stop it. They're vulnerable little animals, and they actually, I think, are very strange, deep sleepers. When the sun goes down, they go to sleep, and they are out. Those hens are out. And that's why it's noticeable when Jesus switches gears here. First, he calls Herod a fox. He tells him he's not going to run from him. And then he begins to lament for a city that he loves, Jerusalem place of God's holy temple, the heart and soul of his people. And he laments a cry of despair for a place he loves because he sees that it has become controlled by the powers that be, that Herod, the strong arm of the fox, was at work even there. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, he says, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. It's a cry of deep disappointment for a city he loves. It makes you wonder what might Jesus lament over our world today? What would break his heart? But it's that other animal he mentions that stands out. The fox, Herod. And Jesus, the hen, how often I have desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings. What? What happened to Clint Eastwood, Jesus, that we had just a few verses ago? Where's the, I'm not scared of you, Herod. I'm not going to run and hide from you. If Herod is a fox, then let's have Jesus be the lion or the wolf. If he wants to stay in the bird family even, he could have said he's a rooster. Those suckers are mean. And let me tell you, they let you know when they don't like you or if they feel threatened by you. Or even a goose. Have any of you come across an angry goose a time or two? They, they mean business. But a hen? A hen? They are so fragile. What do they have? All they have are their wings. When foxes come near, a mother hen instinct is to pull her chicks close to her under her wings. That's it. That's all she's got. 
I read once about a farmyard fire that swept through the farm, and after the fire was over and everyone was cleaning up, they found mother hen scorched and burned dead, but her chicks still alive under her wings. That's what the mother hen does. She loves those chicks so much that when the foxes of the world are near, all she wants to do is to bring them close to her. And isn't that how Jesus is? Isn't that how he lived? I've been thinking about that mother hen's outstretched wings. That's how he lived, isn't it? Arms outstretched to the world. Zacchaeus hiding in that tree. The tax collector, rich man, outsider, come, come into your house. To the outcast and the lepers, to the hemorrhaging woman, to the nobody and know-nothing kids that all the disciples were trying to keep away from the holy man. And Jesus says, come to me. All the people who had known rejection and suffering and loss, to the woman that was almost stoned to death for her sins, all of these people, he draws these people to him. People who have known pain, rejection, suffering. He lived with arms wide open to the world. Come to me, all you who are heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Arms out to the world. And you know, when the Roman guards would come for him on that faithful Thursday night, and they would come to arrest Jesus. One of his own would quickly grab the sword and begin to be ready to fight for him, to fight and die for him. And what does Jesus do? He tells him to put the sword away. There'd be no fighting. He even heals the soldier's ear that had been wounded at the moment. You can imagine this beginning to be some epic story of good versus evil. A fight to the death scenario. I think that's really what many of the disciples thought would happen. But not Jesus. That's not who he is. He would live arms outstretched to the world. And I was thinking about all the situations and all the people that actually make me want to do the very opposite of that. You know, literally cross my arms, keep people at a distance. Maybe talk to the hand or worse, make a fist. Just watch the news. Think about all the situations that make me want to stay closed off, keep people at a distance. In fact, the other day, I was at a red light and I was just about to put my foot on the gas as soon as it turned green and I think I sneezed right in that moment. So maybe there was a second or two delay and before I could go, someone honked behind me at the light. And I'm telling you, I stewed about that longer than I care to admit. I was trying to figure out if I knew the person that had wrongfully honked too soon in my direction. But you know what? As Christians, I know you know. We are supposed to live lives that look like Jesus. It is Christianity 101. Live a life that looks like Jesus. So what does it mean for you and I to live with arms outstretched to the world? What does it mean for our church to live that way? You know, I was thinking 
that it looks a lot like opening our doors to disaster volunteer workers. You've brought food to feed volunteers on Tuesday nights. We have been inconvenienced by rooms being switched around and moved, and there will certainly be some costs that we will adhere as a church. But I'm telling you, the day after the tornado hit, I had texts, I had calls, I had emails from all of you saying, what about our church? We have showers, we have space, it's warm. Are there people that need our church? Arms wide open. Jesus lived with his arms outstretched to all of God's people. But what about us? What about you? Are you quick to put your guard up? Do you have a little running list of people who are on your list? Are you always looking to level the score? Or do you assume the worst in people sometimes? What might it look like for us to live with our arms out to the world, to see the image of God in every imperfect and fearfully and wonderfully made child of God? I remember a priest who worked a lot with people living on the streets, and someone was talking to him and being a little bit critical of what he was doing, said, you know, you are just constantly getting taken advantage of. And he said, how can someone take my advantage when I'm giving it? And I think of people I have known in my own life, people who have known enormous loss and grief and suffering and somehow, instead of building walls around their heart even higher, they managed to do the opposite, to turn outward, to love bigger, to be more generous and more gracious and loving. You know, this mother hen, she will not run scared. She won't run scared from the fox, and she never will because her concern will always be for all the little chicks taking refuge under her wings, and she will stop at nothing to try to gather them all in. And we know what foxes will do. We know what a hen looks like to a fox. It is a story as old as time. And when the fox kills him, he will die exactly how he lived arms wide open to the world. Amen.